Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio on CBS and Play It. And I am excited today because we have Bill Cates, who is a widely recognized expert in the art and science of acquiring new customers or clients or whatever you want to call them. And by the way, who wouldn't want to have more customers, clients, members, guests? And he does it through word-of-mouth referrals and personal introductions. He's the president of Referral Coach International, and I know that he is an in-demand guy who is the go-to resource for companies of all sizes, uh, from small businesses to major Fortune 100 companies. He works with C level folks all the way throughout an entire company. He works with sales forces. He works with really anybody that has interaction with people that you do business with. And he's put strategies and tactics into place uh, that help grow revenue while decreasing, and this is really important, decreasing marketing expenses at the same time. And again, who wouldn't want to decrease expenses while getting more customers? He's also a best-selling author. Uh, three books that are currently in print are Get More Referrals Now, Don't Keep Me a Secret, and his latest book is Beyond Referrals. Bill, I am intrigued by uh, how you can lower expenses and get more customers. We're going to talk about that. Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you, Shep. And just in case your listeners didn't hear you right, it's Bill Cates with a C, not Bill Gates with a G. I missed it by one letter. Yeah, I would say you missed it big. Well, yeah. (laughs) And while Bill Gates may have a lot of money, I'm going to help you make a lot of money. How's that? Well, there you go. There, you, and we can't. And who'd want to be Bill Gates? Come on, most of us. No, actually, uh, you know, money can't buy happiness. Is that what they say? Yeah, but you arrive at your problems with style. You do, and 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 really, what can happiness buy? Um, <laughs> no, I, just, <laughs> I don't know. Cone, I, you got me on that one. I don't though. know either. But no, you know, it's always nice. You know, the, uh, Bill. It would be nice to uh, be able to be as generous as Bill Gates is to the world. I mean, very philanthropic guy, and is very smart dude. I mean, you know, you don't get there by you know getting lucky. I mean, he had to make some good choices, and I think we've made a really good choice today by having you on the show. So we're going to talk about something that you call the customer loyalty myth. When we were doing our pre-show interview, that's what you said you wanted to focus on. So, you know, uh, the customer experience and the customer, you know, and customer loyalty, they seem to be important. And then you talk about this thing, you know, called the myth. Well, let's talk about that and, you know, tell me about it. Well, and it's not to diminish the importance of the customer experience that you are such an expert in and help people with yourself. It's not to diminish customer satisfaction because uh, we need that for people to come back. And then customer loyalty, of course, is important. Uh, And in fact, the way I see it is when we satisfy someone and then stay in touch with value and build a relationship, then we create loyalty. But there is another level, and that level is leverage, meaning turning that loyalty into new customers or new clients. You're familiar with the Net Promoter Score, right? The book, The Ultimate Question. Uh, And while the Net Promoter Score is important and we measure it, it's a great indication of doing a good job with our customers, it's not really the ultimate question. The ultimate question isn't, are our customers willing to recommend us? It's, are they recommending us? Are they introducing us? Do we have programs in place to encourage and make that happen? And that's how 
we increase revenue while decreasing expenses at the same time. Right. So the Net Promoter Score, NPS as it's called, for those that don't know it, is a simple survey question that goes something like this. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being you know, the most likely, what is the likelihood that you would recommend us, our company, me if it's an individual, to a friend, a colleague, a family member, or someone else, basically? So on a scale of 1 to 10, what's the likelihood that you would recommend us? And a 9 or a 10 is somebody that you would call a promoter. A 7 or 8 is somebody that's a satisfied customer. They're probably, you know, they're they're satisfied. They're not ecstatic. They're probably not going to promote you, but at the same time, they may not leave you. But on the other hand, maybe they're close to promoting you or maybe they're close to leaving you if you would just do the right thing and nudge them up a notch. And then, of course, you have your detractors, which are your one through uh, sixes. We try to stay away from those. Goal being you want as many nines as tens as possible, and the way you score it, it doesn't really matter, but you want the highest score possible. So at the end of the day, we're trying to get people that are willing to refer us, and what you're saying is, great question, but uh, maybe the better question is not would you be willing, it's would you do it. So, Bill, funny story, and, and I want to get back to you in a second, but I actually talk about NPS in my speeches. And I then, as I'm, in, as I'm doing the speech, sometimes I'll look directly at the client that hired me, and maybe it's the VP of the company, or maybe it's even the president or CEO. And I said, and I always like to get feedback. And in a week, you're going to get a phone call from my assistant setting up an appointment for us to get that feedback. And I'm going to ask you this exact question. You know, on a scale of 1 to 10, what's the likelihood that you would recommend me to a friend, a client, uh, or uh, an associate? And why don't you tell me right now? And, and right in front of the audience, uh, the, the, and the person will go, uh, 10. I go, great. So I want you to think about that. You're going to recommend me, scale of 1 to 10, a 10. So I'm going to call you, think about who you're going to recommend me to. And everybody laughs. <laughs> but isn't that what it is? That's the second question that's so important. And it's one word, who with a question mark. Exactly. It's, it's not would you be – I mean, willing, willing to recommend us is good, right? Good barometer, like you said. But are you doing it? Are they doing it? And you just demonstrated that you have a little system in place. It's a little simple process to make that happen. So it could be as simple as asking to be introduced to certain people. There's lots of different ways we can do this and scales depending on the size of the business and who we're working with. Nonetheless, it's, it's, it's taking it to the next step. I mean, I work with all kinds of organizations, as you mentioned. And, and so I was working with a bank uh, about a month ago and, and they were bragging about their high NPS scores. And I said, that's great. So what are you doing with it? And they go, well, it just, we're having a party. yeah, we're, we're celebrating high-end scores. They do. They celebrate. Right. They celebrate it because they think that's the ultimate question, the, the end-all, be-all, and it's important, but it's not. It's like, where do we go from there? How do we leverage that? Can you grow through satisfied, loyal customers? Yeah, to a certain degree you can, but if that's incremental growth. If you want to create exponential growth, then we look to leverage that great customer or client experience. So I'll put this in perspective for, for those that you don't even have to know what I do other than many people do know that I'm a customer service expert. There is no doubt that loyal customers buy more frequently and spend more money. And you can gauge the loyalty based on the fact whether they'd be so happy with you that they'd be willing to recommend you. However, that is incremental growth. And I love that incremental, you know, extended sales. 
but we're looking for exponential. And the way to do it is to have a system in place, which I'm sure you're going to get into, that will help us create, you know, and you, you mentioned what I did as a little system, and I never thought of it that way. It's just, uh, it's a process that I have and a, and a way that I say it. So we'll get into that, I'm sure, in a little while. But you've talked about, uh, in, in the book, and I've heard you talk about this, you talk about this hierarchy related to this customer loyalty myth and this concept. And uh, can you explain what that is? Sure. The, the, you know, you've probably heard of Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs. I have Kate's hierarchy of, of client engagement, and it, and it goes like this. What we, what we need to do is we, we create a great experience. That creates a satisfied customer, at least short term. And then we engage with them. We, we continue to provide value, great service. We handle the problems well, all the different things we need to do to keep them coming back. Some, some businesses are geared towards you know, clients, where it really is an ongoing working relationship, other businesses, like a retail establishment, is a little bit different. But we create that engagement, and that creates the loyalty, right? That's what creates them coming back. And then they do it, and they're, 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 having a, they're enjoying I mean, we, there are some people who are loyal to businesses if you track their behavior, but aren't necessarily willing to recommend those people, right? Have you ever recommended someone? You're like a mechanic or a dry cleaner or something. You say, well, you know, this is who I use. It, the guy's a little funky behind the counter, or they're a little gruff, or... But, you know, but but they're good and their price is good, right? So we can be loyal by our behavior and not necessarily, you know, uh, advocates of them, right? We what we want really is is not just uh, recommendations or word of mouth. We want advocacy, which is insistence, and so we want to get to that point, and then we think in terms of leverage, and it's all based on the in, this this concept called engagement. Studies have shown, Shep, that that there's a low correlation between the giving of referrals and creating introductions with satisfied, loyal clients. While that's important, we have to get to another level, and that's the engaged customer, the engaged client. Those are the people who we need to really tap into. So is that uh, your maybe, highest level in the hierarchy? It is. It's the highest level of people willing to refer who are going to refer. We still need to have a mechanism in place and processes in place to, to leverage that, and we can get into that, but um, that's kind of the way we build towards that place of engagement. Uh, and engagement means they're engaged with your value, your value proposition, whatever that may look like, and they're engaged with you, either you personally or your personnel, um, right? There's a, there's a personal connection there. It's not just the value. It's also the, you know, I, I, I use my guy, all right? I got a guy over there, right? When you go there, make sure you talk to so-and-so. My so, guy. <laughs> yeah, it's an engagement in the value, but it's also engagement in, in, in the personnel, the personality of, of an individual or the business as a whole. So the hierarchy uh, at the top is the engaged customer. Uh, what, how does it go down from there? Not that we're interested in really trying to get to the ones that are at the low level. I just wonder what they are. Yeah, well, I mean, someone who's loyal... Uh, is probably engaged to a certain degree, but not necessarily, right? They're loyal by their behavior, but they're not necessarily loyal by their feeling, right? So it really is a feeling level, a sense, a feeling of engagement. And those are probably going to be your eights and, and, and eight pluses, nines and tens on in that promoter score. So we, we might say that a willingness to recommend is similar to that sense of engagement. And then how do we, you know, what's the hierarchy of, uh, of leveraging? Well, the hierarchy of leveraging is, We've got to have a really good uh, initial process to make sure we, we create that value. We've got to stay in touch with value. We build the business friendship, 
right? And then we have a process to leverage that. Now, that could be word of mouth. Social media is great for that, right? Social media is a great word of mouth machine. And so we all know we better serve the heck out of our customers and clients these days just to make sure we don't create negative word of mouth. Uh, and word of mouth is great. Some businesses really thrive on word of mouth. You look at the movie, entertainment industry. Uh, but for some businesses, that's not always enough. So we need to think in terms of referral. Hey, Shep, talk to my friend George, you know, mention my name, that sort of thing. And that will create some activity. But these days, because of all the noise in the marketplace and how it's so hard to reach and cut through to the noise to actually reach good prospects for our business, quite often most businesses need to think in terms of personal introductions. How do we actually get connected to those people so that we have someone who's you know, interested in hearing from us. Their, their interest has at least been piqued. They've raised their hand and said, sure, give me a call, or I'll come in and visit with you uh, because I, I, my interest has been piqued. That's what we're trying to create, and that's what the introduction does. So, so, but before we get to the introduction, which I think is part of the system that you create to, uh, to drive this uh, exponential growth, let's get back to this word of mouth concept because I think word of mouth marketing is are you willing to talk about me it's not it's not just would you be willing to recommend me are you gonna go out and talk about me are you gonna go out and verbally recommend you know I I talk about um, in one of my books called the cult of the customer it was about turning satisfied customers into customer evangelists one that'll go out and sing your praises not just be willing to answer a positive question on a survey and, and give you a high mark. And I think that's what you're talking about. You know, it reminds me, uh, you've probably eaten at Morton's, the steakhouse. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Morton's is a different business now than it was uh, just a few years ago because they've been bought by uh, another chain. And they're still, by the way, very, very good. But, uh, and, and so they do a little bit of different type of advertising and marketing. But back when Morton's was just Morton's, one of the things they prided themselves on is with the exception of a little bit of social media and what I would call uh, non, you know, real expensive marketing, which might be through an email to a, a, a existing guest or member, you know, of their club, because they, I think they had like certain uh, level that you, you hit their loyalty club. Really, they didn't do any marketing from the standpoint of, of advertising or uh, any TV commercials, any radio commercials. They did none of that whatsoever. And I asked the CEO about this. At the time, his name was uh, Tom Baldwin. And Tom said, uh, we don't do the marketing. The best marketing department we have is every one of our employees doing a great job. And when they do that, they create a great experience where that guest walks out and tells everybody about how great that steak was, how great that, you know, that evening was that they had, and, and brings them back. And I think that's a pretty cool concept, is you, rec- you recognize that every one of your employees is part of that marketing department. And it's oh, there's their, no question. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Go their ahead. job to make that, their job to make that uh, a great experience for the customer. It makes it a whole lot easier to ask for referral, right? It does, and, and there are some businesses, like the restaurant industry, for instance, that lends itself to that, uh, and that's not enough for all businesses. So, for instance, let's say you're uh, a financial advisor or a financial advisory firm, uh, and now you're dealing with people's personal finances, uh, which is much more private than yeah, much the meal you sensitive. had last night, right? So, we, you know, while that's important in some industries, I'll give you a, a great example. There's a restaurant in my near my area that that I, you know, I've passed by this built this building many times. It's a nice building. There was like a patio, people eating out there. 
I ran around, I drove around the front to see what it was. There's no sign at all on the building, nothing. You can't see what it was. So I decided it was a private club, and I, you know, I felt reticent to go in. So a couple nights later, my girlfriend and I are out to dinner. We're at a nice restaurant. We're driving by. I said, you know, let's check this place out. She says, okay. I said, I've been, I've been reluctant to go. And she said, let's just go in. Let's pretend we own the place. So we walk in thinking it's a private club, and it's a restaurant, just a regular restaurant. And here's the deal. This guy has built such a successful business without even a sign on the door. You can't even tell it's a restaurant, yet it's thriving. It's booming. Why? Because of the experience that he and his staff have provided to to the people who go there. So certainly doing a great job is critical, and it depends a little bit on the business model that you have. Some businesses cannot thrive just by word of mouth. But... Are you encouraging people to create that word of mouth? So, for instance, I was working with a car dealership, right? Everybody gets their car, they get their new car, and so what I encourage them to do is have another salesperson come out, take a picture of the new car owner with the salesperson standing next to the new car, and encourage them to put it on Pinterest, put it on oh, Facebook. there you go. Socialize it, right? it a bit. Socialize it. Socialize so it. Because they, they may or may not think about that on, the, on their own, but if we just nudge the process a little bit and that becomes the policy the process and and you see that going on all day long at this dealership right everybody's doing that and people see other people doing that guess what it takes on some momentum and a life of its own right and and it actually humanizes it with the way you're going about it where the customers socializing with pictures you know that's part of the system and we're going to talk about the system in just a few minutes we're going to take a really short break so everybody don't go away this is amazing business radio we're talking with bill cates who is the king of referrals and uh, don't go away we'll be right back Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here, and we are back on Amazing Business Radio on CBS and Play It, and we are talking with Bill Cates. And Bill was telling us a moment ago about how this car dealership would send the salesperson out to take a picture of the customer that just bought their new car and then uh, encourage them to put it on Pinterest. And uh, boy, I'd be proud of my new car. And as soon as I start showing my friends that, hey, look look what I have, they're probably likely to say, well, where'd you get that? Right? Right. And, and did you like your salesperson? Was he pushy? Was he good? And and, you know, is that the salesperson in the picture, or, or are you dating somebody new, or whatever, <laughs> you know? And, and so, yeah, it humanizes, and, that, and that's what I was talking about, right? The, the connection, the engagement, engagement in the value proposition, and engagement in the people. So, and we were talking briefly about this on the break. Uh, one of the questions that I wanted to ask at one point was, who is responsible for creating all this customer and client engagement and the ongoing satisfaction that creates loyalty and, and leveraging? And I think I know the answer, but why don't you go ahead and tell us? Yeah, it is, it is the obvious, everyone. Everyone. It, right, but more to it than that, right? It, it certainly starts at the top. It starts at the sea level. It starts at the decision maker saying, all right, guys and gals, we want to build a business based on how people would prefer to meet us, which is through a recommendation from someone else they already trust, right? Building a business, let me say that again, based on the way people would prefer to meet us, which is a recommendation from someone else they already trust. 
And the more personal the business, uh, the more critical it is, like a dentist, doctor, you know, that's how someone wants to meet someone, through the referral. The, you know, the, 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 ref- the way of the world is meeting people through other people, and the referral, the introduction, is the warm way we get into their lives. So, first of all, we make a decision to do that, uh, and then we make sure that everyone in the organization knows we're doing it, why we're doing it, how everyone, you know, internally, they have to know how they benefit, they have to buy into the vision of how the how they benefit, how the business benefits, how the customer or client benefits from making that decision. And then we put processes in place in. So I'll give you one example. Uh, I've got a number we can we can talk about, but one in specific jumps to my mind is a, a, a kind of a medium, small and medium insurance company in uh, Texas. And uh, they had a $450,000 nut of a, a call center, right? They were making calls from this call center contracted with a company, $450,000, and they made a decision that they wanted to build a business based on referrals, introductions, etc. So they brought me in to work on that. We put some systems in place. After, within the first year, they were able to discontinue the contract with that company. So they got rid of a $450,000 a year expense for telemarketing. And the year after that, they had their best year sales ever. So this is how I can claim, truthfully, that you can actually increase revenue and decrease expenses at the same time. Uh, and we can give you more examples if well, you want. So I've got a question about that. Yeah. You know, th- this call center was, most people, when they think of a call center, it's inbound calls dealing with problems. But this company, it sounds like, this insurance company, hired a telemarketing firm to simply call potential prospects. Not necessarily, uh, it sounds to me, and, and I want to get into this because this is part of the system, uh, they aren't going to existing customers of this insurance company saying, who would you recommend, and then going out and calling. They're actually cold calling people, yes? Yeah, it was cold calling, and, and it was the calling leads. They had a lead program that would you know, bring people to the surface a little bit, and then the call center would call and try to nurture and warm up these leads a little bit before they hand it over to a representative so it you was know, basically, a, it was an outbound marketing system, the same, yeah. I mean, it, it just happened to be using the phone. It could have been putting an ad in a newspaper is basically what it is. It's just a little bit more direct. <laughs> I mean, but, right. but it sounds like it's, it, the results, whether they were the same or not as an ad in the newspaper, they weren't nearly as effective as going back to your clients or back to your customers and saying, hey, not only would you refer me, but who would you refer me to and creating a system to make that happen. So now I've been been telling everybody since we started there is a system now you get to tell us about the system yes and uh, we call it the referral advantage marketing system and i want to try to simplify it as best you can it's the the first part is just is what we call a value discussion it's checking in to make sure that the value is indeed being recognized most businesses do not check in do not check in very well I check out of a hotel, how was your stay? I take my car into the dealership, how was the service experience? That's about it. I bought a sunroom, a $25,000 sunroom about five years ago, and the last thing I heard from that company was a little door-hanging survey, right? That was it. I couldn't tell you the name of the company. It left a bad taste in my mouth. Then I bought a hot tub to go into the sunroom, had a great experience with the salesperson, loved it, enjoyed it, bought the hot tub, never heard from the salesperson again. People don't check in. Either they're afraid of negative feedback or they just don't see the value of it. And one study I saw showed this. 40% of people who gave referrals gave them because they were asked. 72% of people who gave referrals 
gave referrals because they were asked for input, for feedback on the process, on the relationship in general. That's what creates engagement. That's the beginning part of being proactive for referrals. And just checking in more will create a result. So, so I want to make sure I understand yeah. this. 40% yes, Forty percent gave referral referrals simply because they were asked. And by the way, right. if all you do is ask, I'm going to bet that majority of people that are listening, the majority of companies that are out there, don't consistently ask. So imagine this. If you consistently started to ask, you would exponentially raise the referral opportunity by 40%. But we can get another 32 points on there, 32, uh, right. 32 percentage points by doing something additional to that. And that is additional engagement after the sales over, uh, right. checking in, following up. And how often, how long, I guess really it depends upon on your uh, on your business it, and the type it, of it, industry. It, 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 you're right. It depends on the business model. Uh, but, for instance, one, one company I'm working with, a pest control company, uh, a large regional pest control company, they've increased their referral sales in the last year since we've been working together by 500%. Not their entire sales, but their re- sales from referrals. And their cost per opportunity, their cost per lead is very high. So this is, this is significant for them. And so what they did is they instituted a situation where um, after they do, the, they do the first treatment, that customer is called within the first week to make sure everything went well. The salesperson calls them back within 30 days just to check in. And then the customer service rep calls them back again another 60 days after that to check in, to provide a little more value, to remind them of something that's important for them to do, bring a little value. So inst- instituting these check-ins that are based on, on the, the relationship, uh, based on the, the business model that you have. Now, yes, just asking will make a difference, and there are, there are ways to ask that are better than other ways to ask. Um, so, for instance, we teach a method that we call a client or a customer-centered method. It's part of our VIPS method. So V stands for value, value discussion, checking in, right? That's, that's the precursor. Just doing that alone will make a difference for you. Um, but if we're going to ask, you know, the old methodology, probably everybody listening to this has experienced this, right? In, in the insurance industry, they used to train people to say, let me tell you how I get paid. I get paid in two ways. You know, one, if you buy a product that you know, my company pays me a commission. The other is I get paid through referrals, right? So they're making it all about the agent and how he or she gets paid, um, you know, and you barely know each other. It creates an obligation for referrals, and nobody wants to be obligated to do that. They want you to earn the right to it. So what we've done is we've replicated what happens naturally in, in the natural world, if you will. When someone recommends you, it's because they were connected to the value, right? They had a good experience. And so we make it all about that. And we don't just say, who do you know? Who, you know, we try to start specifically, with either with a specific person, if we can do that, or it could be categories of people we know we help. So what we're doing, Shep, is we're educating our clientele, our customer base, on how to identify someone who should know about us and might want to experience our, our value. And some people do it on the spot when we ask, and some people do it later. When, Give me an example uh, in the pest control business, sure. which you are using, which is a great example, and the numbers sound phenomenal. Uh, uh, what would that person, that, that uh, 
I don't know who it is at the pest control company, maybe it's a salesperson. What would that right. salesperson specifically say to their customer, and how would they go about doing it? Would they pick up the phone? Would they do it in person? What's the best? Well, it's always better, always better done in person. It's better done when someone's experiencing the value. At the point of sale, when someone says, "Yeah, you know, let's get started," you know, here's, you know, who do I make the check out to, or do you take credit cards? I mean, that's when someone is making a buying decision. Uh, they're emotionally engaged in this, so it's it's usually a good way to, uh, opportunity to do it, especially with the pest control, for instance, because it is a somewhat transactional business. That salesperson may not have a lot of other opportunities to do it, so he or she needs to do it then. So first of all, they've got to have a good process. They've got the way they inspect the home, the questions they ask, the, the, the what they teach that homeowner about pest control, how they educate that person. They put them through a little bit of a process, right? And so the what's becoming referable is the process that we've put them through. And so then they check in, they say, Well, you've made an important decision, you know, we you know, we're and we're looking forward to serving you. I'm just curious, there's a lot of choices out there. You know, what tip the scales for you? Well, I really like the way you educated me and, and you kinda of taught me how to do this and you know, I you know, made me trust you and well, great. All right. So um, I'm, I'm curious, you know, uh, have, have the, the, if you talk to your neighbors about this, are they aware of this? And that's one thing you do, but here's what we taught them to do. You see, what a lot of people don't know, Shep, if you have rats or if you have, which you would never have, of course, the beautiful place you live in, but <laughs> if you had them or if You'd you had You'd be termite, surprised. I think my neighbor's a rat. No, <laughs> there I'm just There you go. Kidding. Okay. <laughs> you dirty rat. So um, what, what most people don't realize is, I might have gotten those rats or termites from the neighbor, right? Or if I have them and I eradicate them and I spend the bucks to do it, but my neighbors don't do it, guess what? I can get them back again. And so it really behooves the homeowner. There's something in it for the homeowner to do this, not just to help a neighbor or not just to help me, the salesperson, but actually help themselves. And so we teach them about this, how this works that the referral process, the introductory process, is really a win-win-win. Everybody wins from this. Okay, and that's so, fine um, for the pest control, but what about right. the, the car salesman that just sold you a car? You're not going to tell me uh, that if the neighbor doesn't buy a car, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a problem for me. So there's got to be course. some other value proposition there, but I'm sure you're thinking along the same lines. Same thing you mentioned you work with insurance companies or financial advisors. So how do you take that type of thinking and move it towards something that really, uh, if the neighbor does or doesn't do it, it doesn't really make any difference to the customer? Well, so here's what you say. You say, like, for, oh, let's, go, let's shift to the car dealer, right? So, look, you know, I, I hope you had a good experience. Tell me about the experience. Oh, much better than I expected. You guys weren't pushy. You know, I feel I got a fair deal. Um, you know, much better than the last. It's great. I appreciate that. You know, here's what's going to happen, right? You're going to go out. You're going to be strutting this new car. People are going to ask you about where you got it, and do you feel like you got a good deal? Um, and you know, Jeff, I'm never too busy to give the royal treatment to anybody else you might send our way. If you've got someone who's who's interested, who's thinking about buying a car, uh, you know, and you can give me a heads up. I'd be happy to reach out to them. You know my style. I'm not going to be any pressure, but we'll certainly give them an opportunity to experience what you did. And so there's a situation where I not I may not be asking for a specific introduction to your neighbor, but I am, you know, I'm not just saying, hey, you know, keep this in mind. 
you know, tell others, spread the word. I mean, that's okay, but it's, we're, we're being a little more formal about this. We're, we're letting them know that we're going to give them the white glove treatment if they send anybody our way, that we're never too busy to be a, a great resource for them. And I'll tell you, Shep, there's been, uh, there's been something I've been teaching forever. It's the title of one of my books that has probably created more referrals on the spot without even asking for them than anything else I've taught. And that is a simple phrase. Well, you know what I'm going to ask you to do? I'm going to ask you to hold that phrase. (laughs) And we're going to take a break, and we're going to make people want to come back because everybody's going to want to know what that phrase is. This is Shep Hyken. We're talking to Bill Cates. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio on CBS and Play It. We'll be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Bill Cates, the master of getting referrals. And right before the break, he said there was this secret phrase. And I said, hold on, hold on. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, everybody's going to want to know what that is. So what is it? <laughs> Let's <laughs> well, be straightforward and get to the point. Everybody wants to know. It's a simple thing. I know. So it goes like this. You know, Chef, do you have a good experience? Oh, yeah, Bill, this is great. Chef, please, don't keep me a secret out there. Don't keep me a secret. Don't keep us a secret. Don't keep the great work we do for uh, uh, others a secret. It's a simple little thing. I've seen put this, people put this on the back of their business card. I've seen them put it a, a PS on a signature file and an email. Um, I, 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 companies have created buttons that, that people are wearing. Um, I've seen uh, companies who use it in their advertising. One bank I was working with started to put in their advertising and, and it's to say, it's say the bank that everybody's talking about, right? They can't keep us a secret anymore. So it's a simple little thing. I didn't invent the phrase, but what happened, I was, I was teaching my stuff a long time ago. I was writing my first book, and, and a guy came up to me and says, Bill, you know, here's what I say. I say to my customers, you know, please don't keep me a secret. I'm going like that beer commercial, right? Brilliant, right? And so I've been teaching it for 20 years. I cannot tell you how many people have come up to me and said, Bill, that simple phrase has created more business, more activity. Because what happens is I say it to you. You like me. There's a connection. You go, oh. Yeah, well, I, I know a couple people who should know about you. And sometimes it turns it right into the spot. Sometimes down the road, right, they're talking about, you know, the work that they did on their house or their car, whatever it may be. And, you know, they think of you. And then, boom, that don't keep me a secret kicks in. Uh, some people have a ver- uh, variation on the theme, share the experience. I've heard that as well. So it's a simple little thing. We're not asking for referrals or introductions. We're promoting them. We're promoting word of mouth. But we're, we're doing it in a fun way. So, you know, when I'm del- del- doing my speeches and my live programs, you know, I'll say to the group, I say, when you say, don't keep me a secret, is there a little smile on the end of that? And everybody goes, well, yeah. I said, so if you don't have a sense of humor, don't use that one. Here's another one you can use. Yeah. Right? So it's a simple little thing. Right. And don't keep me a secret. It's a little provocative. The word secret is a strong word. It's an emotional yeah. triggering mm-hmm. type of word. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what I like? It's, it's something that you can, you know, I, I think that if you send somebody a note and at the bottom of the note is, is part yeah. of the tagline, it says, hey, don't keep us a secret or don't keep me a secret. And any of your marketing and advertising, every time they see that, they'll think of the good experience. And they go, you know what? I'm not going to keep them a secret today. There you go. I, I've got a thank you card for referrals, a custom made one that says, thank you for not keeping me a secret. 
And, you know, people love it. It's a lot of fun. Not everybody loves it. There are some people that are kind of stodgy and think, oh, I can never say that. I go, fine. Don't say it. Say something else. All right? I'll give you another. Can I give you another one? Real I'd quick. love to have another one. Another so, another uh, uh, secret phrase? Well, sort of. Um, <laughs> so uh, it, it, I, I was in my office a number of years ago, and Karen Hood, who was my business manager at the time, answered the phone. Someone was interested in the work we were doing. And about halfway through the conversation, I overheard her. She said, by the way, who recommended you to us so we know who to thank? Who recommended you to us so we know who to thank? I'm thinking, that's brilliant. That is right? brilliant. So, so now, when I work with, let's say, I, I do a lot of work with property and casualty companies, you know, State Farm, Allstate, some of those, uh, MetLife, Auto and Home. You know, the, the, uh, when someone calls in looking for a quote on their home or their car, I teach them to say, by the way, who, who referred you to us or who recommended you to us so we know who to thank? Well, I actually saw your flyer. I saw your advertisement. Okay, but what does it do? It creates that culture of referrals, of expecting referrals and introductions. It's good for the person calling in, right? It's good for uh, the person doing that to get into that culture. So then you can take that basic concept and put it on your outgoing voice message, right? Hi, this is Bill Cates. Please leave a message at the tone. And if you were referred to us, please let us know who we need to thank. Right? Now everybody knows. We're getting referrals, word of mouth, introductions, we're celebrating, we're saying thank you. It's just all part of the culture that you're doing. Now we're getting right to the tactical part of some of the things you can do, you can put in place very easily, doesn't cost a thing, right? And generates results. But I think so that lots of ways to do the this. key is is you know, we're we're talking about these things. It's to be very deliberate about yes. doing it. It's not yes. you know, it's not once in a while. It's like you said, it's part of the culture. It's part of our marketing. It's part of our. It's part of what we do, ongoing, every day. It's in our DNA to be thinking about where did this come from, so we know who to thank and appreciate. Because when we start appreciating other people for referring us, guess what they're going to do? They're going to say, I, "I love this." Hey, you, you and I both attended a program. I'm still there. It's the Strategic Coach, and. Yeah, and I love the Strategic Coach program, and uh, one day I might get Dan Sullivan on the show. But Dan is a master at asking for referrals. And one of the things that Dan does there, by the way, uh, I love that he doesn't really give us any financial incentive to do so. But every once in a while, I'll, I'll give a referral, and I'll get, um, I'll get a frozen pizza in the mail. Okay, and you know, it's like from a famous pizza place in Chicago. I go, this still is... Frozen? It, it still frozen? It was, it's still... No, no, it's a frozen pizza that's meant to be heated up. It's like from one of those famous places that sells pizzas and ships them around the world in the right. frozen, you know, in, in their little package. And I thought, you know, I don't think that costs very much money. Guess what? The, the first time I received a pizza, and actually, I think I only received two of them, was probably eight or nine years ago. I'm still talking about the pizza. He sent me a space pen. That's uh, if, I, you ever see that Jerry Seinfeld episode where the pen writes upside down? <laughs> he sent me a space pen. Now, again, I don't think those pens are all that expensive, but I think it's pretty cool. It's just a little something. And by the way, uh, when somebody decides to join the strategic coach, it's not like they're spending, you know, $50 or $100. They're spending thousands of dollars. And... But what he gives is a nice, thoughtful gesture, and I kind of like that. You want to know why that works? Let tell me, tell me. you why yeah. that works. Yeah, there's actually a scientific basis for it, um, this wow experience we're all looking to create, right? You, you create, you know, be amazing is one of your slogans, right? So in the brain, there's a pleasure center called the nucleus accumbens. 
And studies have shown that when we do something unexpected for someone, a positive unexpected thing, the nucleus accumbens goes wild. It lights up on um, magnetic resonance imaging. And so what happens is we, we, it creates a visceral, uh, emotional uh, reaction. And so when we do that for people, then we create what? Engagement, right? More engagement. And look what you're doing. By the way, you should know that Dan Sullivan uses my video training program to educate all his salespeople on how to get more referrals. Well, there you go. And and when I say they're masters of it, beyond giving me that little gift and may, or maybe an Amazon card, um, they're masters at asking me to give that information. And, you know, I never feel like it's all that I, – I feel it's consistent, but I don't feel it's pushy. I think there's a really good balance there. So this is all outstanding information. We're about out of time, and I'm just wondering, is there something that you wanted to share with us that we haven't talked about yet, something that, gosh, I wish you know, we could do it? Well, now's your chance. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. You know, I, I, what I want to really talk about is, I mean, there's two levels to this. There's the strategic, there's making the decision to build a business based on how people want to meet us. There's the decision to invest a certain, a certain amount of, of, of time and dollars, but you can take it from something else. So, for instance, car dealerships, they spend $100,000 a month on advertising. What if they spend just a little piece of that on creating more of this word-of-mouth referrals while experiences? They, they, you know, they can actually decrease or keep their marketing expenses the same and then uh, increase their revenue. So, one, it's the strategic decision. And then, of course, you have to get tactical. You have to have programs in place, and that's one of the things I come and do. I help them with strategic decisions, but then we also have to put the tactical things in place. And people find that when it comes to being proactive for this, some people are reticent to do this. Some people, you will find, Shep, that some people don't fully believe in their value proposition, and so they're reluctant to suggest word of mouth. They're reluctant to ask for an introduction because they haven't fully adopted their value proposition. So one of the things that needs to be done on a strategic level and then handled tactically is making sure people are in touch with the value, right? I, I encourage every business to educate every one of their employees. Where are all the points where we provide value for prospects and ongoing with customers and clients? And then they see that and they go, wow. This is good work. This is important work. This is how we impact people uh, on a personal level. And so that's what gets people buying in to then wanting to leverage that and become evangel evangelists for their own company. And, and that yeah, that's what you're saying is that if the yeah. employees, before you can create evangelists outside of your company, you have to have evangelists on the inside. If your employees can't go to bat for you, that won't, you know, uh, I mean, they need to be engaged and they need to know what the value is. They need to be willing to share the great company that they work for. And there's all these studies that correlate, you know, the greatest companies to work for. And there's lists of, you know, you can go to all the, you know, different types of surveys are out there. You'll find that if you start looking at what are, who are the most successful companies, who are the most uh, companies rated highest in customer service? All of these companies, there's some commonality between them. Uh, I mean, granted, there's definitely ones that, that you know may not have an engaged force but still be extremely successful. That's fine. But you'll find that there's a correlation between these successful companies, these very customer-focused companies, and they correlate to companies that are 
uh, employee focused as well. And focus customer on, engagement, right? right customer engagement, uh, or I should say, employee engagement, leads to customer or client engagement. If you you can't have one without the other, so it's very difficult to do that. And uh, yeah, so it's, and there's part of the secret sauce right there. So there you go. everybody listening, whether you work for a company or whether you own the company, whether you're the CEO or a high level executive of the company, before any of this can happen on a system-wide basis, not just an individual basis. It's got to be buy-in from everybody. Everybody has to be in alignment. So, Bill, as we wrap this up, uh, I, you've kind of alluded to a website earlier. Uh, what is that website? And we can check it out and learn a little bit more about you and maybe uh, even engage you or at least buy a book. Sure. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, referralcoach.com, very simple, referralcoach.com is is the the main page and you know somebody just wants to shoot me an email real quick just make it bill cates c-a-t-e-s bill cates at referralcoach.com go straight to me and we'll get a conversation going and i I look forward to the opportunity to see if i can be a resource so thank you for that well bill thank you and this has been an amazing conversation which is why we call it amazing business radio because we get great guys like you and great women too uh we had some outs we just had dina dwyer Uh, on the show. I don't know if you know who Dina is. Uh, Boy, you're talking about an amazing woman. Uh, She actually talks about living rich, where uh, the letters rich are an acronym, but it's all about values and core values. And you get a company that believes in that, and there's where you start to get your engaged customers uh, because the employees are so engaged. But, you know, we've got people like you, Bill, who've just given us incredibly great information that could really not just incrementally, as you say, increase your business, but exponentially. So I thank you for being on the show. It's been a pleasure and an honor. Uh, we really appreciate it. This is Amazing Business Radio. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and look forward to the next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.